0: Louise is teaching tonight, but I just wanted to just, I, I felt like I had this like little and part to the prophecy, um, information talk last week that I think there's going to be chapter two, by the way, but I don't even know where it's going to be <laughs> because it was just, I feel like all I could do is scratch the surface, but, um, I was praying about it, um, I guess it was, uh, yesterday, no, it was actually Saturday. And I was really asking the Lord for more on just the topic of prophecy. Because um, if you remember in the scripture, Paul just tells us very specifically that we are to want to prophesy above all things. So that's pretty specific. Like above all things. I mean all things. Mm -hmm. And so it's really our normal in the church to be able to prophesy. Mm -hmm. And so all I wanted to say was as I was talking to the Lord about it, all of a sudden, he kind of gave me this picture of, you know, kind of the normalcy of prophecy. And he gave me the picture through Jesus, because I think that's the place we want to see it model is through Christ. And I was sitting at the table, and all of a sudden, I realized that, um, you know, we hear things like, Jesus was a good prophet, he was a good teacher, that kind of stuff. And I've always heard that, but I've always been like, well, yeah, but he was he was Lord and Savior. And so I kind of dismissed that a little bit. Um, But what I heard from the Holy Spirit was the way that God... And I shared this with Colleen today, so she's already heard this. But the way that God interacted with the Son and the Father was through the prophetic. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And that had never hit me before. Like, I never thought about it because Jesus was 100% human and 100% God. And so when Jesus went and spoke to, to the Father... On a daily basis, the word tells us that he says, mm-hmm. I don't do anything or I don't say anything that the Father has not shown me. Mm-hmm. And that is prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's really being with God, mm-hmm. it's listening to him for his voice or the image that he gives you or the sense that he gives you or the confirmation that he gives you. But it's this constant dialogue with him, which is something, by the way, I just wanted to share this too. <clears throat> and actually this was Cheryl a minute ago. and by the way welcome Cheryl all the oh way from way! Washington Char sister and this is one of our, our people who listens in but what I but I, what I realize is is that I think a lot of times when it comes to spirit the supernatural spiritual gifts things that you know we read about in the scripture we think we're just supposed to get them. Like, it just gets downloaded, I have it. Now I know how to prophesy. Mm-hmm. Instead of realizing that it's a spiritual discipline, it is a gift, mm-hmm. but we operate in a gift. Like, if I am a gifted pianist, I may be a spectacular gifted pianist, but I have to practice. Mm-hmm. And so don't think that if, you, if we talk about hearing from the Lord, which really is prophecy, it's hearing from him, a word of revelation from him. He may highlight something in his word, but it can also be just something totally outside of that through the Holy Spirit that don't think that this doesn't take practice. (coughs) And this was a command. Guard your prophecies and want prophecy. Want to be able to prophesy. So I just wanted to plant that seed before we moved on from that to the next thing, because I feel like it's going to be really, really important. Because the second thing that the Lord has been really talking to me about, and I don't have any answers on this, is that I believe prophecy and wisdom go together as does having the mind of Christ. Mm. And that there's something that he's wanting to reveal about that, and that we're going to be exploring about that. Like, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? And that that's our advantage to have a supernatural mindset. So Thank you for, for um, letting me do that, Louise, before. It was just like something that was like, I feel like I have to say this. Whether that affected you or not, I don't know, but I just wanted you to know. I felt like it was important to kind of add on to last week so that we would keep pushing for, seeking, asking for at all costs. The word actually says, be willing to just sell everything. Mm-hmm. Be willing to sell everything to receive the prophecy of God. So it will be a blessing and riches to us. So I'm going to pray, and then I think Marcy's coming up, and then we have our sweet Louise too. Mm-hmm. And our sweet Marcy. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for this night, these women. Thank you um, for the gift of Cheryl being here. Mm-hmm. Um, what a special gift that is. and that. Lord, that she would just want to be with us and I pray that she would get everything and more that she longed for in wanting to be here. I pray that her arms would go home so full and her heart would be so full and her mind would be so renewed. (laughs) that um, she would leave being able to ride on that for a long time. And, and Lord, I pray for Louise, and I ask for your supernatural words to speak to her once again. Holy Spirit, come and speak through her once again. I thank you for each woman here, and I ask for a blessing over each of them. That tonight, that the anointing of your Spirit would come on us in a mighty way. And I pray that things would be broken off our lives, that we were maybe even weren't aware of, things that are holding us back from experiencing your voice, from experiencing deeper relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would do greater things, that the word that we are forced to be reckoned with would not just be theory, but it would actually be lived out in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I had thought
2: this song, Jesus paid it all would be good. So let's just look at the words because the words are powerful words and, um, and we talk about it tonight. So, um, I hear the savior say, thy strength indeed is small child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all because Jesus paid it all, all to him. I owe, is it working? No. Okay. (laughs) Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leopard's spots and melt the heart of stone. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. And um, so let's just go before him. Father, here we are. Hands out, stretched, just ready to receive from you, Lord. Whatever you have for us tonight. Lord, we just ask that you would speak to us and we will listen. Mm-hmm. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today... I was um my sister had sent me sent one of her students down to get something from me and she teaches kindergarten.
1: <laughs> so in
2: Watts, the one of the cutest kindergartners in our school, Aunt Leilani. <laughs> she's just so cute. And so she comes in and she uh, is returning that's she's returning something to me, and I have a big jar of Jolly Ranchers. And so I said, Leilani, would you like a Jolly Rancher? <laughs> you know she's just like so excited oh she's getting a Jolly Rancher and so she comes in and I give her the Jolly Rancher <laughs> and she leaves and someone said what are the other kindergartners gonna do that she got a Jolly Rancher I go they're gonna be really jealous of Leilani <laughs> and so uh i like and isn't she just the cutest and then all of a sudden one of the students pipes up well, do you know what she said in the car the other day about Berkeley? And Berkeley is in my class as well, her cousin. And I said, what did she say about you, Berkeley? Because to me, she just looks like an angel. <laughs> and she said, and they're, we're buddies. Kindergarten and, and fifth grade are buddies. And so they're buddies. The cousins are buddies. So she said to him, the next time we're buddies, Berkeley, and we use staplers? I'm stapling your hands together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
2: then I'm like, it was this to read. And then I'm like this, Berkeley, this is what you would be like. Like right now, you'd be reading with your hands like this. And he's like, how wonderful are you? And I'm just cracking up. The kids are cracking up. Anyway. I, know. I like to try to start with a funny, yeah, and there's my funny. So imagine poor little Berkeley with his hands.
1: <laughs> I can't keep thinking of it because I'm just gonna start. <laughs> okay,
2: um, let's read. Let's see what is Paul saying in First Timothy chapter two. We're doing verses one through eight. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving. Be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that they may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I will appoint a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. Um, So that's where we'll stop. Next week, Robin will pick up um, women. Robin's going to be doing that for two weeks in a row. So I look forward to sitting under her teaching for that. So we'll just start at the beginning. And if you notice, I don't know if your Bible has this, but my Bible, it says um, instructions for the church. And then underneath instructions for worship. And so this is instructions for corporate worship. Not that we can't apply these to our personal walks with God, but these are rules and that he's putting out for Timothy to apply to church services and when they gather together. And so, um, I think that's just a good reminder for us to go, okay, that's, let me get it in context so I understand. Mm -hmm. And, um, when I was, um, probably a year ago now, I felt the Lord whisper to me postures of prayer Mm -hmm. when I was coming in from, in my garage. Like I can tell you, I could show you if you were at my house, right where I was standing with my hand on the door knob. And I heard that from the Lord and I thought, okay, what is that? And so as I sat down with this, I felt the Lord whispered again. And I went, wow, that was a long time ago. And I've been waiting to see what you would do with it. And sometimes he does that, doesn't he? He whispers something and then it's something for way down the road, not right then and there. And so I thought, I just cover three postures of prayer that we can do corporately And we can do privately, and it was so exciting to come in on Sunday at church. We met on Sunday night, and we did a prayer meeting, and we prayed and listened for what God had for us individually, and um, for the people we're surrounded by, and then what did he have for us corporately? But the great thing was, I'd already prepared all of this, and I walked in, and I saw yoga mats. Mm -hmm. And I have a yoga mat that I call my prayer mat, and so I would already intended to bring it, but there were a couple of mats down for people who, if they just want to um, get on their face before the Lord. And this is something that I do. Um, so I just take my prayer mat, and I just throw it on the ground, and I feel like I'm Daniel or something, I don't know. And I lay face lie, just the right grammar, face down before the Lord. And when I'm in that position, I'm surrendered. Like it's very humbling. To put your face down and hands up and just, okay, Lord, whatever you have for me. So if you've never tried praying that way, I would encourage you to get on your face before God because something happens to you when you're in that posture of just complete submission, surrender. Lord, just pour it out on me, whatever it is. And I go, and there are times when the Lord will say to me, "I want you on your face," mm-hmm. because maybe my heart's hard, or maybe there's something going on, or maybe the enemy's trying to put a root, uh, plant a root within my heart. And the Lord will say, "Bring it right here, and let's just do business today and get rid of it." And so that's what. So I brought my mat, so you could see it and and imagine what it's like to just be face down. Mm-hmm before him. Um, Another one is kneeling. Sometimes I find myself kneeling when I'm super grateful. Uh, I'll get, we just, um, I got a check in the mail in December that came from my mortgage company. And you know how you always get that notice in December that says, oh, it's a little short. You know, we're going to increase your mortgage by this month, you know, much every month. Well, this time I got this gigantic check. <laughs> I looked at it and I immediately started to cry. And I knew I needed to be on my knees. Yeah. But I have tile in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. So I went right in my bedroom and out by my bed because I just, I like I couldn't get down fast enough just to say, thank you, Lord. So there are times when we get on our knees out of thanks. Then I heard of a church that they tried something for 30 days. They wanted everybody in their church, when they woke up in the morning, the first thing they did was slide out of bed and get right on their knees. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And the pastor just (coughs) challenged the body to say, what would happen? Well, how will we be different in 30 days? If we as a body, the first thing we do is we're on our knees Mm -hmm. in that posture of prayer, making our bodies an altar to the Lord. And then another posture I thought of, is just standing and lifting your hands to Him. There's just something about praise that happens in my heart when I raise my hands. And sometimes when I'm in church, I have a hard time raising both hands because I will start to sway. And so I hang on with one. I'm probably telling you way too much right now. Because the Holy Spirit will move, and I'm not ready to fall over. So... I can hang on. Um, But there's just something that happens. And all of these different postures produce a different element or a different um, flavor of how the Holy Spirit works in us and talks to us. And so I want to encourage you as we're reading this and we're studying prayer this week, think about your posture when you pray. And Mix it up a little bit this week and just see if you notice a change in your walk because you might find a new um, closeness. Your intimacy might get deeper by just trying to do something different. So that's my um, just encouragement to you. One of the things I heard Bill Johnson say that has stuck out in me about prayer was something to this effect. I don't have it exact, but... He said we should leave prayer differently than when we how we enter prayer because we have been in the presence of God and that changes us. And that's something I think about quite often. Am I just flippantly, Lord, I just need you right now? or, Or am I going before Him, recognizing I am now in the presence of Almighty God? Yeah, I'm different when I think like that. And when I can just give him my heart and trust that he holds it delicately in his hands and he wants to carry us through. Yeah, when we leave that prayer time, we are changed. We are different. So I it just it just strikes me how incredible it is that we have the opportunity to go before the God who just spoke everything into being, that he would take time to hear us and then to communicate back with us. Sunday night, I was saying to the Lord, I've got so much on my mind. I feel like I'm a million miles away and I need to get plugged into you. And I recognize that I feel a gap and I need you to just close that gap. And all of a sudden, in my right ear, I heard a heartbeat. Not my left ear, just my right ear. And it was audible heartbeat. That's never happened to me before. And what I felt was Mm -hmm. I was pressed against Mm -hmm.
1: my daddy Mm -hmm.
2: who loves me. And -hmm. I could hear his heartbeat. It was, could I get any closer to him? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And that was all I needed. And I was like, oh, I'm in, Lord. (laughs) Now it's going to be a great night. But... That's his heart for us, is to hold us and let us hear his heartbeat. What a a gift he gave me that I can share with you because he gives that to all of us. Um, So, you would turn to James 5, 16 through 18. Therefore... Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And that's the part I want us to focus, not that we don't go to him for healing, but just this reminder, because remember, in Christ, we're righteous, right? His righteousness is credited to us. So when we read this, it can say the prayer of Robin, is powerful and effective because she is righteous in Christ. The prayer of Cindy is powerful and effective. Put your name in there. So when we pray, it is powerful and effective because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years, Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. In other words, here's your little example that uh, James is saying. Look at what Elijah did. God listened to turn off the rain. Like, that's not a little thing. That's not the parking space at Christ. You know, that's a a big deal. And then he, when he prayed again, it rained. So just a reminder for us, for the power that the Holy Spirit, um, that we have in him. Okay, so it says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. When we go before the Lord, like Elijah did, we have... Well, what, let me just read this quote from one of my um, commentaries. God is all-powerful, yet he has chosen to let us help him change the world through our prayers. How this works is a mystery to us because of our limited understanding, but it is a reality. It is a mystery of God that we can go before him and we can pray and we can see the world change. Like He waits for us to pray he calls us to pray he reminds us to pray sometimes he wakes us up in the middle of the night and says pray does he need us to pray to achieve his goal no but he invites us into the process and that's the mystery and sometimes we have mysteries with the lord sometimes we have things that make us go hmm right? What's he doing now? Huh? What's that about? And so those are there. I think those are there. That tension is there to draw us more into his presence so that as we mature in him, some of our, huh, become, oh yeah. Oh, I see it. Think back over your life as a Christian and the times when you we're um, confused on something and now today you look back and it makes perfect sense because we wrestle it out with him and then he teaches us something new. That's growing in him. That's maturing in him. And that's where we're required to press in just a little bit more, just a little bit deeper. Just give me more. Lord. He's not going to turn you down because he wants, what does he want from us? Relationship with us. So that harder we press in, the more revelation he provides for us. And then sometimes we pray and things don't go the way we think they should go. And that's when we have to choose to rest in him. If we don't rest in him, then we enter into unrest. And when I wrote that down, I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, that is a really good
1: one. <laughs>
2: like that was the fifth sentence, just... Stuck with me since I wrote it down. If we don't rest in him, we enter into unrest. That's exactly mm-hmm. like how profound. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't me. That was the Lord. Because I just write. He talks, I write. <laughs> that that's what I do so often. I'm in unrest when I can be in the rest. And what a great place to just sit like the heartbeat and just listen and rest. The word intercession in here, um, it says first then of all, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving. Intercession. Listen to this. This is awesome. This is a quote from a commentary. Not in behalf of others, as the English word means, but as the idea of coming to God in boldness and confidence. I always thought intercession was, oh, I'm just gonna pray for Robin. So no. Not in this case. Not if we go back and translate it from the original language. It's going in boldness and confidence. So that reminds me of Hebrews 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll just quick go there. Well, I can find Hebrews, no problem. James gave me a fit a minute ago. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 19, and then 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy, Holy place by the blood of Jesus. And then verse 22: let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Wow. What is the reason that we can enter that in great confidence? Because of the blood of Jesus, which we're going to talk about here in about two verses or one verse. Um so I just hope that encourages you because it made me look at that word intercession in a whole new way. Um and then he's saying, be made for everyone. So we're praying for everyone. Right? That's kind of basic. I I didn't think you need to expand too so much on that, right? So we're praying for everyone, people we like, we don't like, etc. For kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So here we are praying for those in authority. And this one kind of stung because I'm not that great at praying for the president, the governor, my mayor, my city town council. I I know my mayor. I, and when I was doing this with the Lord, I'm like, well, I know who the mayor is. And then I thought, but I don't know one person that sits on the town council. And if I'm reading this, this is what I'm supposed to do. If I want to, look what it says, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives. Oh, wow. So I've got to get online and find out who some of these people are. And start praying for them because I want to be obedient to the scripture. And it's not bad if you're living peaceful and quiet. <laughs> like, who's not going to take that? I mean, I want to be in obedience, but look at the benefit. Look at the blessing that we get if we do that. So I would just challenge you. I mean, I'll pray for a leader. Lord, just pray for the leaders in Washington. That's lame. That's lame. Okay, I'm not going to pray a lame prayer like that anymore. I want to be specific. I want to pray for my representatives. I want to pray for my senators. I want to pray for even at my state level. I don't know who they are. I mean, I vote, but I don't remember. So uh, I hope you're better at that than I am. Um, Because that's a great reminder for us. And then I think we can take it to another level is those in authority over us as far as our boss... And uh, those who we answer to. Mm -hmm. And even for me as a teacher, I think about the parents of my students. Mm -hmm. And I have a responsibility to teach them. So if we could expand this or bring it down really narrow, wherever the Lord is leading you, you know, Lord, who do I need to be lifting up more? Mm -hmm. And just, he'll tell you who to pray for. He may not tell you to pray for your um, state, local state representative in Phoenix, you know, but he might, so, and what a blessing it would be to do that, to be able to just be praying for them daily or weekly. Um, also, another thing um, that was pointed out in one of the commentaries is, think about who was in authority over them in Rome,
1: mm-hmm. Nero. Mm-hmm.
2: like uh a man who who did not walk with the Lord as far as we can tell. I think that's a safe assumption to make. And he was just slaughtering the believers. And look at who what Paul is saying. This we're praying for Nero essentially. Pray for him. Um okay. let's look at verse 3. This is good and pleases God our Savior. And when I read the word good, I think about creation. When Jesus looked, or when God looked at creation and after everything, what did he say? This is good. Right? And God saw when he created it, it was good. Um, this is good for us to be reminded to pray for those in authority over us. Um. Verse 4, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of truth. God's heart beats to know us, all of us. And he says it, Paul says it, and then Peter also says it in 2 Peter 3.9. That God, in 2 Peter 3.9, he's saying how God is Patient and he's slow mm-hmm. because he wants people to come to know him. So that should strive us also to be praying for those that we come in contact with that don't know him. That Jesus would call them to himself. And verse five: for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. There's just one mediator. And this slaps the face of the Gnostics. Because they were using... And I wrote it in my notes. Did I write it in my notes? Yeah. They had a vast system of mediators made up of angels. And so they would be looking to angels to be <laughs> mediating for them. We only have one mediator. Just one. And that's Jesus. Jesus. We, we, aren't, we aren't praying to people who have lived before us, family members, because that's not what's commanded in God's word. He says there's one mediator, and we just go to him. Right. And Jesus says, come to me, right? And he also says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember that because there's some teaching, false teaching that says we should pray to other people. And that's false teaching, like what Paul warns about and what John warned about. There's one mediator, Jesus. That's it. And what a relief that there's just one. What a relief that I don't have to go and pray to this one. For this protection, and then this person mm-hmm. to be protected in this area, and then this person to pay protection over this thing in my life. My family members who pray so many different people because they think this one is gonna take care of me when I'm traveling, and this one's watching over my animals, and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, that's a lot of work when Jesus just stands here and says, I'm it. Mm-hmm. I'm the one, I'm the only, come to me. It's a great reminder to us. Look at verse 6. Who is this man? Who is our mediator? He gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. He paid it all. And this is when I thought we should sing the song, mm-hmm. He Paid It All. Because I wrote it down. He paid it all. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a hymn, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? It's not a down payment. Like, he didn't die on the cross, and that starts the cycle. And now we pick it up, and we run the rest of the way. No. He di- took it all. Doesn't matter what we do. He already did it all. We don't have to. We don't have to rely on ourselves to come up with a way to appease the Father or to appease somebody else because it's just already done. (laughs) That just makes me want to jump up and down, but I won't. Okay, paint it all. Okay, here we go. So now it says, verse 7, no, verse 6. We're still in 6. The testimony given in its proper time. So I was reading this uh, uh, commentary that was saying how Jesus was obedient to testify the gospel to us. And now we have the opportunity to partner with him in obedience and testify the gospel to others. Like, what a neat thing. He hands the baton to us and we can run with it. Verse 7, and for this purpose I was appointed a herald and an apostle. So another word for Harold would be pastor or preacher. I'm sorry, not pastor, preacher. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. And so we know Paul was called to the Gentiles and Peter to the Jews. And um, let's just go on to verse eight. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. And this is men. This is not women. Sometimes when the translators have translated, we read men, like up here in verse 4, that God wants all men to be saved. That's people, humanity, mankind. But in this specific place, it's men. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. The message says, since prayer is at the bottom of this, What I want mostly is for men to pray, not shaking angry fists at enemies, but raising holy hands to God. Um, And it makes me stop and think, how are my hands? I'm not a man, but it does tell me in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given for (laughs) learning. Right? So I can learn from this. And I can ask myself, are my hands clenched, fists in anger, or are my palms open and ready to receive from the Lord? Now, some people would interpret this as, uh, literally holding up hands. Like when we, when men should pray, they should hold up their hands. Other people interpret it as, um, figuratively. When we're praying how are how is our mind how is the you know are we like this or are we like this which mm-hmm. which is it so I don't know how to correctly interpret it but I don't know why we can't just do both because I love to lift my hands to the Lord and what a great reminder for me so on this thought of men, Holy Spirit took me to first peter 3:7. And I like the Passion Translation, so that's what I'm going to read to you now. So 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as feminine partners who deserve to be honored, for they are co-heirs with you on the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Now, if you're reading it in probably any other version, it calls us the weaker sex. And we have to understand the context of the time. Peter's not saying we're weak, we're not he's not saying we're less than. He's saying in society, the time when he wrote this, and I think can be applied today for maybe most of the planet, women are more susceptible than men to attack, to being taken advantage of. And so that's what he's coming and saying to husbands. You're there to, you know, honor your wives, right? Um, co-heirs with you. And that co-heirs lets us know, he's not saying one is less than the other, because we're co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Mm-hmm. And that's where I stop. And I think, okay, again, this is for husbands. I'm not a husband, but I read this and think something can hinder a husband's mm-hmm. prayer. Wow, what is it? What can hinder a husband's prayer? And then I go back to this verse in Second Timothy and I read it again, or First Timothy, and it says, "Raising up hands without anger or disputing." And so I think about anger, and I thought, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, "Talk about anger." Tonight. Uh, once when Robin and I were meeting at Wildflower, which is one of our favorite places to meet, we were deep in talk. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit starts moving. And then one of us will say something, and the other one's like, write that down. <clears throat> oh, that that was the way, write it down. <laughs> you know, and we're grabbing our pens and jotting it down. And um, one of the things was, it just had been, Where were all those floods with the levees breaking? Where did that a few years ago? New
1: Orleans.
2: New Orleans, right, okay. And so I said, Robin, I've got
0: this picture in my mind. Now Dallas. I think Dallas were talking about this recently in Dallas. Yes. This last year. Dallas, right.
1: So i said, Houston. Houston, right? Houston. Houston. Right. Okay,
0: sounds like Houston. (laughs) We're getting there. Okay. Are you with me? (laughs)
1: dragging <laughs> so
2: all this flooding and the levees were breaking and i said robin i think that's what it's like with the holy spirit when we start re- removing these boulders from our lives holy spirit's power can flood in the before you know it. he's just washing the whole levee out and that was one when we went oh that's good because when we have roots that are steeped in anger. What causes us to be angry? The root itself is probably not anger. The root itself is probably an injustice. (laughs) And I think, what, when I, when, I just want to talk about the steps of freedom. And so when we are face-to-face with something that we recognize is not God's best for our lives, then we can go before him and say, where is this coming from? Why am I angry? What button did this push? And then what, and just follow it, like you know, pull the thread a little bit more and see where it leads. And with Holy Spirit, just keep pressing. Okay. Give me a little bit more. Okay. So I see this push my buttons here, which reminds me of this, which then took me back to when I was maybe five. And that was the first time I felt like I didn't have control or whatever it is. This is, I'm not giving an exact example, but just work it with me. Okay. So now here I am. And so now I can say to the Lord, what lie am I believing that is attached to this one incident or a group of incidents that I can repent of and replace with God's truth? What is the thing that I'm believing to the point where I am now raging in anger over losing a parking space? Or my kids spilling milk for the hundredth time today. Or whatever it is, do you know what I'm talking about? It's something minor and yet our, we go from zero to 180 like this. What's at the root of that? Well, we can fix it, oh, you know what? Yes, I need to be more patient, you know? It's mm. only gonna last so long, what does Robin say? Leaf trimming. You know, we're just trimming our leaves. But what if we got to the real root of it? And then we said to the Lord, Okay, I see it. And then we repent. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And maybe it's this. Lying flat on our face. Saying, Holy Spirit, just come in my heart. He's not going to yank that root out. That's not the voice of God. He's going to gently talk to us. And sometimes when I'm encountering a root, he doesn't tell it to me right on that very minute or that very day. I've waited a week or longer sometimes before all of a sudden he gets me right where he needs me to be. And then he says, now you're ready for me to just work a little bit more in this area, Louise. So let's just get to it. Because he's a loving patient father who wants us whole, right? Sozo made whole. That's his heart for us. And then we begin declaring what he tells us. I had to do that tonight. I had to lay on my face in my classroom before coming here because I'm believing things that aren't true. And I needed to be declaring truth to teach tonight. And I couldn't, opened the map fast enough, but I was not laying on my classroom floor. I'll tell you that right now. No. So, yes. Vacuum those floors. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm there, and I just felt like the Lord say, what are you declaring? And I'm laying there declaring who I am in Christ, and declaring truth. And my truth tonight was, I'm called to teach your word. hmm And I'm going to be obedient to that calling because this is your plan for me. And then before you knew it, boy, I had that anointing. I popped right up, folded up my mat, and I was ready to come to Bible study. So we we need to be constantly going before him, repenting, replacing, and then declaring. Just out loud. You have to, I think you have to say it out loud. It doesn't mm-hmm. say, well maybe it does say in the Bible at times does say to say things aloud. But yell it. If you're in the car alone. Don't wake your kids up in the morning, but you know, like get loud with God. Be like the trumpets outside of the walls of Jericho, you know? Because what happens is then the power and the love and God's presence pours over us and he breaks those levees he just washes those boulders away and it's free flowing that's his heart that's what he wants to say to you tonight come give me your anger give me that original way back whatever it was and let me heal it and redeem it And give you a new life. John 10, 10. What does he come? Well, the enemy, (coughs) thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life to the full. That's the heart of your God. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, come. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I want to walk with you. I want to give you new life. And I'm going (coughs) to see you Excited. And I want, when you come before me and you lift your hands to me, that your hands are wide open, ready to receive, because I have abundance to pour out on you. That's our posture. Ready to receive from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we are ready to receive from you. Pour out on us your abundance. Pour out on us your love. Fill us with your anointing in a way that we have never experienced before, that we may walk in freedom with you, hand in hand. Mm -hmm. We love you. We praise you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have an assignment other than we should pray, Mm -hmm. (laughs) since that was the theme. But... um. We'll definitely pair up. How are we? End? Are we good on? Oh, that's yeah, only 7.35. There are nights nice young. Yes. You know, Louise, when you were talking about
0: the importance of saying it out loud, which we already just know to be true some of us from experience, I think the thing is that the enemy
2: is really good at suggesting thoughts. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm.
1: cannot hear or see or read all of our thoughts.
2: Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where we go from that outside of seeing the fruit.
1: Perfect.
2: yeah so it's not like he feeds a thought and he knows then the whole trail we go down he just watches us mm-hmm. stumble and fall apart and so mm-hmm. the way that he um gets conquered is saying it out loud
1: because he doesn't yes. know if
2: you're just thinking it and you're just silently praying it um not that there's not still a spiritual transaction with you but um it's just so much more powerful
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: yeah you have much more
1: power than
2: you. right <laughs> exactly
0: Exactly. Well, and I love that because um, sometimes I forget that part. Mm-hmm. To the that when I declare out loud mm-hmm. my authority, yeah. it's not—it's the authority from Jesus that right. we have the right to. That He's actually given yeah. us. Yes. That He has nothing to stand against. That like He has to go. Yeah. Right. If we say you, if we say go, He actually has to go, and so wants to trick us like we were saying, into just, you know, kind of maybe keeping this stuff going on until, you know, he sees the fruit, then he, like, goes for more and goes for more. But, like, when we actually just say, it's biblical, you Mm -hmm. know, that he Mm -hmm. must go. Yes. He has to go. And Mm -hmm. I think this is where he lies to us, too, to try to make us feel foolish, like that's Mm -hmm. foolish. But when you talked about the scripture, what I always think about is that Jesus Many, many times gave the example of declaring things out loud mm-hmm. he he would even say i'm i you know basically his prayers would be like that kind of thing, praying for the five thousand and the bread. I'm saying this out loud yes. for the benefit of everybody yes. here i yes. he didn't have to say it out loud. He mm-hmm. and the father were in communion mm-hmm. with one another, but it's for your benefit that you would hear this and so um this is something. It's not magic. It's mm-hmm. you know none of this is magic. No. This is just the authority that we have, and mm-hmm. and some of us know this and practice it. But I know for myself, even just I'm appreciative of hearing it again mm-hmm. and hearing right. it again because yeah. it's something that I I I have to do. I have to choose every single day in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes multiple times. So uh, mm-hmm. you know I appreciate that, and I appreciate you talking about mm-hmm. anger. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think anger takes a lot of forms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about that, that's, that was kind of a a thought process for me, like, you know, what was going on in this church with lifting, don't lift up, you know, angry hands, like you said, Mm -hmm. no, no anger, no disputes. Mm -hmm. Um, um, because the world sees the church as operating like that a lot. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lots
0: of bickering, lots of fighting, Mm -hmm. lots of anger, lots of disputes, and, um, But God's saying, okay, that's not your posture. I love that you used the word posture with us tonight. Mm I thought that was really good. Um, And I think just, like, I just really want to personally reflect on that in my own heart about anger because... Anger doesn't look the same for Mm -hmm. everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people, anger looks like an explosion. You know, Mm -hmm. some people, it's very like a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And they're just, it's burning inside them and they get real quiet and they get, they, you know, get real withdrawn Mm -hmm. and they hold up a wall or, you know, it can look a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And so I think, you know, some of us can hear anger like, you know, well, I don't do this with my fists at anybody But you can be a really, you could be harboring a lot of Mm -hmm. anger Mm -hmm. and it, it just looks different. You know, mm-hmm. it can go from I'm wounded to now I'm angry. I'm mm-hmm. wounded to now I'm angry and I become bitter. I'm wounded yeah. and now my anger turns into resentment. I'm, wo- you know, all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. like anger mm-hmm. is a root mm-hmm. that, that spawns a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I think it was great that the Lord wanted, there's a reason, all I'm saying is there's a reason He wanted you to talk about anger mm-hmm. and we should examine yeah. our hearts about anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like don't let this pass us by because mm-hmm. we don't, We don't want those seeds Mm -hmm. because if seeds, what do seeds do? They take root and they They make more, they sprout. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They make Mm -hmm. greater stuff and we want the right seeds. Mm -hmm. And, but it's very, it's a very conscientious thing for us. It's like our hearts like this garden. Mm -hmm. And if I just keep letting those things get planted, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. so, You know, whenever, especially I think, you know, what I love about Louise, I just know, I know the Holy Spirit speaks Mm -hmm. through her and speaks Mm -hmm. to her. And when she says, I feel like the Holy Spirit said for me to talk about this, like, I stand up and listen, like, okay, Lord, Mm -hmm. what do you want? What do you want me to listen Mm -hmm. to about Mm -hmm. that? Because, and I hope that we do that with all teachers, but I just, I know her character. And so... Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to go, okay, is there something you want me to examine about anger in my life right now? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not that you feel like you have anger, but maybe you've had some wounding in your life with anger. Mm -hmm. Maybe you grew up in an angry home, or you grew up with angry people, or somehow anger has affected you, and what you've become really good at is managing it, Mm -hmm. but you haven't let the Lord do the surgery to take the root out of your life. And I'll tell you, this goes back to the prophetic stuff. And why, can I share that about, you talked about the Golders stuff, and I shared it with some of you before, Mm -hmm. but when I was really asking the Lord, I know you want us to hear from you. I know that's your will. You say, my sheep hear your voice. Why is it that some of us say, I can't hear you, I don't hear you. I can't hear you, I don't hear you. And I believe it's because if we hear this stuff, but we're just, hearers and not doers. Mm -hmm. If we don't apply this in our life, like the people that I know that hear from the Lord, the reason I believe they hear from the Lord is because they've let Him do this in their lives. Mm -hmm. They've let Him pull the roots up. It's not like we all just heard from the Lord, like, immediately. (laughs) But it was a process of saying, You know what, Lord? There's junk in the pipe, and I want you to clear it out, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you permission to do that, because... The saddest thing to me is when people can't see any of their stuff, right? And it's not condemnation. Believe me, He's he's not bringing condemnation against us. If it feels like condemnation, you know that's not the voice of the Lord. But if it feels like, hey, Robin, I just really want to talk to you about this. You know, this anger thing. Okay, let's talk about that, Lord. What is that? You know, let's go. I give you permission to go deep. I give you permission to pull up the root. But if we if we self-justify. Mm-hmm. If we stay in pride. If we won't let him go deeper. we That's as far as we're going to get. Because it's like the drain is clogged. And you're not going to get anything to go through the drain. But when that gets pulled up. Let me tell you. When you experience that. The first thing I remember feeling was. Mm-hmm. This whoosh of. Oh my gosh. You love me so much. Mm-hmm. And so this is always a blessing. If the Lord is bringing something up, it's not to hurt us. Mm -hmm. It's to heal us. And so it's like, hallelujah, hands up. I'm so excited. Not, don't tell me that. I'm not going to listen to that. I can't. Let me just self-protect. Like, it's like, don't take that posture, Mm -hmm. but take this posture of just get it out of there, Lord. I want it out of there. It's. Think of it as cancer. Any of us would be fools to go, oh, you told me there's cancer. Well, let's just leave it and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's the same spiritually for our life. Mm-hmm. Like, no one in their right mind would do that. Everyone would say, I'll do whatever it takes to get it out because mm-hmm. I want revelation,
1: mm-hmm. prophecy.
0: I want power. Mm-hmm. I want intimacy with God. And so,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just saying, amen, sister, yes. because there's a reason that you talked about anger tonight. Right. I think so. I think so. And to go
2: along with what you're saying, the Lord's just saying, share this mm. situ- this personal story. I uh, had a miscarriage 21 years ago, coming in May, right after Mother's Day. And um, I carried that for 20 years. And then last year, around this time, maybe a little bit more into <coughs> the spring, I laid right here, well, on this thing at my house, <laughs> in my bedroom, and I said, I'm sick of hurting. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of every time I talk about it having a puddle of tears. I'm sick of not going to baby showers because it just hurts too much. I just, what else do I have to do, Lord? Like, I'm ready to just give it to you. And He walked in my heart. We prayed, and that was it. Five minutes, uh, 20 years Mm -hmm. to five minutes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I got up and I'm different. Mm -hmm. I am different today because I got down with the Lord and I said, just let's just deal with it. Mm -hmm. So the enemy wants to keep us bound up where we're afraid to deal Mm -hmm. because what's that going to look like? Hello, I wanted to scream the enemy's face and say, what's it going to look like? He's my God who loves me. (coughs) He's not going to hurt me. He has good for me. So what he could do in five minutes, you kept me bound for 20 years. And I believed a lie that I should just keep walking in that bondage because I just didn't want to deal with it. It It's easier to cry all the time. Oh, give me a break. How pathetic. Like, and I don't mean that in a self-condemning way. Just, oh, don't be like that. (laughs) Go to the Lord. And it might take five minutes. It might be the worst, most horrific thing that you can imagine that you're experiencing. And God might say, I've been waiting Mm -hmm. to give you healing. Mm
1: -hmm. Just
2: come to me. So I think that just ties right in with what you're
0: saying. Yeah. So it's yes, which is the exchange life. Yeah. And and just to say, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. If you're like holding on to something for 20 years, because remember we have an enemy who really mm-hmm. tries to deceive us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because. He's worked really hard at getting his voice to be familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we listen to his lies, and so it's it's not about you know God is God is he can redeem the twenty years. He does redeem the twenty years. Mm-hmm. He can redeem yes. in five minutes. Yes. You know whatever your process is, mm-hmm. but don't don't let any of that go. Well, I just I can't let go. I can't let go. I can't let go because. Ask, ask them, why can't I let go? Yeah, why right. won't I let go? Why do I not want to let go? Because mm-hmm. there's always a reason. Because somehow, some we have a belief system that it makes us feel safe to not let go. It makes us mm-hmm. feel like, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem fair to let go. It's not just to let go. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. whatever. But these are all his schemes. Mm-hmm. And so when we know God wants healing for us, and if we know we're not different... Mm -hmm. This is the deal. Like, something that's living is changing and growing and flourishing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So if that's not happening, I'm the same today that I was last week Mm -hmm. or a month ago, Mm -hmm. then I I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And if I'm still as angry at the person or the situation as I was yesterday, and I can still be triggered as easily Mm -hmm. every time I'm around them or see them or whatever... Okay, something Mm -hmm. needs to come up. Mm -hmm. And that's a really good thing. because you start to learn to trust the Lord to go, just take it. Mm -hmm. I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. story. Thank
2: you.